Welcome to the 50 States Finish Line podcast, where we talk about running, road races, and all the ways running enriches our lives. I'm your host, Pam, and I've completed half marathons in 30 states and have run five marathons. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Today, I'm excited to welcome a guest into the studio who has run more than 200 races, including 20 marathons. How and when did she get started? With so many races completed, which ones are her favorites and which ones would she recommend to others? I can't wait to learn how such an impressive record of running began and to hear my guests' recommendations for races. I also want to say that when preparing for today's show, I did a bit of online sleuthing. I am so impressed with my guests' online presence. It is such positive content. Big smiles, fun videos, and a personal website, which includes a navigational tab to learn more about her, wait for it, beloved chickens. What not to love about that? Given my guests' terrific use of social media and knowing some guests are quite unsure of their running records, I look forward to asking my guest about running websites and how it relates and supports her running journey. Welcome, Luz. Can you tell us a little bit about you as a runner? Well, as a runner, I guess the first thing that I'll say is I'm a very slow runner. Um, a tortoise is my spirit animal. Uh, but I think uh, one of the uh, better stories is how I got started um, running. So when I was, you know, hovering on 50, I just noticed that metabolism was not as kind anymore. And then I have to get um, I have to get fit somehow, um, especially because I am a um, three-time um, breast cancer survivor. Actually, at that time, I was a two-time breast cancer survivor, and I know that uh, when you have cancer and and you get uh, treatment, you really have to be fit because. It's probably not the cancer that's going to be hard on your body. It's the treatment that's going to be hard on your body. And you have to be ready for that treatment. So I'm looking for a way to uh, be healthy. And it just so happened that during that time, there was an announcement on my church bulletin that uh, this woman named Molly Wade, which a lot of runners in the area probably know of, started a running program in our church called Run for God. And so because I like Molly and uh, she's starting the program, so I, I'd looked, I looked into joining it. And then um, I found out that my son, who was in the Boy Scouts, also joined the uh, Run for God program through the Boy Scouts. And then Molly is also running it at St. Mary Academy in Dover, mm -hmm. where my daughter uh, was uh, was a student. And so she's joining it. So my husband <laughs> said, well, he felt left out, so he joined. So at that time, um, so we did we did the training, the Run for God training. It's, it's, um, it's like a couch to 5K training, mm -hmm. but they relate it to your faith. And uh, so the, the goal is after 12 weeks, you run a 5K. 
So we ran a 5K as a family. Uh, my my daughter was little, and so my husband will like uh, just go with her if she wants to run. She runs if she wants to walk. She walks, and that's what uh, they did. Um, and I was so proud to have finished, and I was so excited that I tried to find other 5Ks in the area. And I'm very proud that our family ran five 5Ks in five months. And so I thought that was really great, which, you know, looking back, it is. Well, one thing that I noticed when you go to the, to the local races, there were these people who were like wearing this nice jacket and they're almost prancing. I'm like, what is this? And then I saw that it's for the uh, Seacoast uh, Road mm. Seacoast Series. I know that jacket. I think it's red. <laughs> yep. And, 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 and so I'm like, hmm, how do you get that? So I had to, to find out. So I found out that you run, uh, there's an eight, eight races, and you have to run six out of the eight races, but at least one of the races has to be more than a 5K. So I'm like, I want that jacket. So the next year, I made it a point to register for the races and so forth. And so I had to run a 10K to get the jacket. So I ran a 10K. And then the next year, I found out that uh, a church in Dover is hosting a half marathon. And the route of the half marathon is almost passing by my house. So I'm like, I, I got I to do, do it. I got to do that. And, and, and so I, I trained and I just would, you know, take the, the training uh, from uh, online. Like, oh, this is how much you do. This is how much uh, you run on the weekends and, and so forth. And so I did that. And then, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but my background is math. And so there's a progression here that we're looking at. So I'm like, on the fourth year, I think I have to run a marathon. So I'm a go big or go home kind of person. So I'm like, what's the biggest marathon in the world? And it's the New York City Marathon, mm. 50,000 runners. And so like, how do you get in? Uh, I, I, I joined the lottery. I didn't get in. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? And found out that there's the Honolulu Marathon in December. And that's known for... Um, no time limit. So I did two things. I volunteered in the New York City Marathon. So that's my first marathon experience. And then I registered for the Honolulu Marathon and um, finished, which I think a lot of people that um, who have run marathon, I think the most common experience after you finish your first marathon is which is the next marathon mm -hmm. that um, you're going to run. So that's exactly uh, my experience. So I continued. I um, tried to get into the New York City Marathon again in the lottery. I got in. Congratulations. Thank you. So the second time, which is like, you know, people try to get in year after year and don't get in. So I got in. And then uh, after I ran that um I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm a late night person. So I'm like, I, I always find myself like, you know, browsing the internet uh, late at night. And there was one time after I ran the New York City Marathon, um, 
I know that a friend of mine ran the Chicago Marathon the month before, and so I was looking it up, and then I it popped up on the screen that, oh, the deadline for uh, getting in the lottery for Chicago Marathon is within the hour. I'm like, that's a sign. <laughs> so I actually um, I registered for it. Two weeks later, I found out I got in. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I'm 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 doing that, and um, well, well, one thing I would say, just kind of stopping there for a second, uh-huh. is this idea of of even on one hand, on one hand, they're not really being a master plan. Like when I started this talk and in, in saying you had 200 races, and you just saying that you had started at the age of 50 there would be this logical assumption that, oh my gosh, she must have had a master plan and she must have mapped out her schedule. And as you're sitting here talking, what I'm hearing is there was almost like divine intervention (laughs) that led you to some of these longer races. And the fact that you started with Honolulu for so many runners, that's, you know, that's what we're all aiming for is like, oh, when I get to my 50th state, I am going to (laughs) Hawaii. I love how you started right, right with that. Right, right. So it sounds so it sounds to me like you just leaned into opportunities that came your way in terms of running and said yes to experiences. Absolutely. And it, it is opportunities it's like this things that popped up. So for example, when 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 I ran Chicago, I found out like I don't know why there are this booths for Abbott uh, laboratories. Like what's Abbott has to do with it and then there's the Abbott um jacket like Oh, it fits me. I'll buy it. So I did, and then I found out that um, there's the Abbott World Marathon Majors. I didn't, uh, I didn't know about, and so it includes Boston, you know, New York, Chicago, Boston, Berlin, Tokyo, and London, and that you have to run all six, and then you get this big medal, you get into this Hall of Fame type of list, and then I'm like. I already know about the Boston Marathon. Like, I can't get in there. I'm slow. And uh, Boston does not have a lottery. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to get in? Uh, it's um, I can only go through charity. So mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. The biggest team is Dana-Farber, which is, you know, for cancer research. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that happens as far as following signs is on the tail end of uh, my training for Chicago Marathon, I was diagnosed with my third breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So I know when I ran the Chicago Marathon that after I come, I come home, I'm gonna get my surgery mm-hmm. and all of that. But then I'm also thinking like, you know, the best time to raise money for breast cancer research, for cancer research, mm-hmm. it's when you have cancer. Mm-hmm. So I also applied to the Dana-Farber um, team, uh, which for for those people who haven't heard that, it's it, the, even though the the getting in to Boston is competitive competitive for for the fast runners, it's also competitive to get into <laughs> into a charity team. So for you're so right, and here we are. You're right. That Dana Farber. Yeah. So it, it's like uh, you, you have to answer two essays. One, one to uh, to a question about your ability to fundraise, mm-hmm. 
and one uh, is about your connection to the cause. And so the the connection to the cause is much, much easier than uh, your ability to fundraise. So, uh, and then after, if when you pass that, and then um, they ask you, I, I don't know which one was first, but I remember there, there are three stages, but they don't tell you how much you have to raise directly. At that time, I think it's 5,500 for the BAA, mm-hmm. but then it's so competitive that it's higher for, for, for the charity group. And they, they said, oh, we have 550 runners for our team and we're trying to raise $5.5 million. So, you know, you do the math. Really as a mathematician, as a mathematician it's like, okay, they want me to, to, to pledge $10,000. So I'm like, okay. Um, they, they said that. And then they want you to submit a spreadsheet on... Like, okay, if you're thinking of collecting from your family, uh, say how many pa- family members and how much each, and then what other uh, things, uh, what what other uh, uh, collections are, are, are you going to make? And then you have to submit that. Um, I had no idea it was so involved. Yes. You know, as someone who has spectated that race or a number of times, no, you know, obviously cheer on every mm-hmm. runner, but particularly those who are, are raising money for a really important charity, mm-hmm. you know, had no idea the backstory of that. So that's very interesting. So it, so it, it, it's, it's really, but it, it's also very, very rewarding because um, I ran the, so it's the 2018 Boston Marathon. For those of us who live in this area, we remember that to be, mm-hmm. it's really cold. It was really wet and it was really windy. And also, I'm just, I'm not even done with all my breast cancer procedures yet. Mm-hmm. So my, my training was very intermittent. Like I, got the proce- I get the procedure, I will stop training for two weeks before I can run again and, and so forth and so on. So it's, it's kind of it's scary uh, in terms of, oh, will I actually finish on time such that it's, um, such that it's, I'm an official finisher that it qualifies me for the marathon majors. So that was, um, so it's like, you know, one can only try your, your one's best. And, um, so I did that, but, um, and you were successful with that because our listeners can't see this, but you're wearing a very cool piece of bling, not a medal, but a bracelet Mm -hmm. with, with the six majors on it, yep. it's a. I, I, I'm gonna have to put something in the show notes to it because it's just a really cool bracelet with each of the majors on there that you've run. Yes. So congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. But when 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 I finished, I remember Andy, who was your guest in the oh, previous yeah, podcast. Oh yeah, Shackett, Yes. I did not know that he was announcing. I, actually, I didn't figure it out until a couple of years later. But when I was crossing the finish line. Um, he said, and I don't even remember this, from my old stomping ground of Dover, New Hampshire, is Loose Bay, and she raised $18,000 for Dana-Farber. And I just started bawling. Mm. You know, you can't tell because it's raining. And at that point, it's like, which, which one is the bigger achievement? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that that that's very memorable for me and um and also af after that they have you know their date is a little um not up to date i actually raised over twenty thousand dollars and um very happy to do that because um you know um yeah they we do want such great the, work the 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 fin the, the uh, cross the cancer finish line is is, is um is um is a goal well, congratulations on so many fronts for that. And how cool that Andy Shackett, our, our local race <laughs> announcer, was there for you. Yes. Um, he, yes, I, I mean, kind of coming full circle, right? That mm -hmm. I just I just love everything about that story. So you've done Boston, you've done New York, you've done Chicago, and then you went overseas, right, to do yes. the other majors. Yes, actually, I, I did... Um, I did Boston and Boston and Berlin on the same year, actually. So Boston in the spring, and Berlin uh, late summer, which is uh, September, and then um, and then the next one that I had to run the, the next two, were um, London and uh, Tokyo. Now those are uh, two different uh, big stores, also because Tokyo. Is, is different because the city is so small mm -hmm. that they don't want the roads to be closed for so long. As a matter of fact, they operate the marathons very, very differently. Like in New York, they're ready. The The grandstand is there week before or something. In Tokyo, you go there the day before, you will not see where you are. So if you figure out where am I supposed to go to go mm -hmm. to my start line, you can't because they do it overnight. Oh, interesting. And, and, and so... And because they, they can't close anything. And so because of the road openings, they have to open the roads at certain times of day. It's not relative to the start, it's it's certain times of day. And when you look at it, it's one of those races when you can't say, slow down at the beginning. No, no. you can't because that's where you're, mo for slow runners, that's more, that's uh, where you're most likely to get swept. And by swept, you mean taken off the course? Yes, put on on the bus, the straggler uh, bus. We don't want that. Yes, the uh, it's it's on the like the the ten k mm -hmm. at the ten k is so you have to have a fast ten k, and so I have to after Good that. To I know. Yeah, I went to my athlinks and look at all of my ten k's, and so it's like oh, if I run my ten k like that i'm good so basically i'm gonna run a 10k as if i'm not gonna run a marathon i i, I just i just have to uh, run fast uh the other thing is i wasn't able to train properly because i had i thought i had an injury that i didn't want to exacerbate so instead of running i was really just uh walking up and down the lap pool mm -hmm. and also doing uh on the deep end the the pretend running on the deep end and so I'm like, okay, I just I just want to finish, but uh, they have like a six and a half hour time limit. I think I can do six and a half hours, but I don't know if I can do a fast ten k, so I don't get swept. So that was great because I I I finished it, and uh, I was also able to make uh, get my sister to come. I'm from the Philippines, so I had my sister. Oh, nice! I, I flew my sister from the Philippines, and also that. Um, I have a friend uh, who has lived there, 
uh, for 30 years. So I, 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 we haven't talked to each other for a long time, but I called him and said, hey, can you take my sister around? So she'll see me because it's hard uh, when you're a spectator in marathon, if you have family members, if you see them once, it's great. <laughs> but my sister was able to see me four times, including um, at the finish line. So that was, that was very, very special uh, that way. And then eight weeks later, I not ran... sure if we'd advise that for everybody. No, 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 <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Uh, eight weeks later, I um, ran the London Marathon. Now, London Marathon, I didn't have concerns about finishing because it's a very slow runner friendly. The um, time limit is eight hours, and they mean it because they have pacers for eight hours because in, in go london yeah it, it, it's, it's awesome uh and then uh up to that time my favorite my favorite city in the world was new york city and my favorite marathon was the new york city marathon until i went to london to run the london marathon and for the marathon itself because in new york uh you start um at the Verisano Narrows Bridge, which is a two mile bridge. It sucks because that means uphill one mile and then downhill another mile. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is that there are no spectators because it's on the bridge. In London, there are spectators at the very beginning, all the way through. And it's runner friend, it's slow runner friendly and there are a lot of costumes. It's 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 one of their thing. Um, they have the Guinness Book of World Record for the fastest marathoner wearing a Big Ben costume or something like that. And and I also oh and then there's this guy with a karaoke and carrying a karaoke Wait. machine. Carrying a karaoke machine. Yes. While running a marathon. While running a marathon. Okay. And he's two hours faster than me too. So I said, if I ever see that guy. On uh, the route, I'll sing, but no, he, he's much too, <laughs> he was much faster than- What would be your karaoke song? I don't, I don't remember, but he also has a book, so he will go to spectators and let them sing with, 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 with the song book. So it, it's awesome. And so I was part of the Breast Cancer Now team. And, uh, and this guy is also part of the Breast Cancer Now team. And it's a really, really good team to, uh, to run with. Uh, lots of support. Uh, I, I called them a lot and, and so forth. And uh, so that was, that was very fun and memorable for me because of the run, of the run itself. And, that's where I, and then that's where I got my uh, six-star medal. But I also raised uh, money for... Uh, breast cancer research for the UK, and I, and and it became my 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 favorite singlet is is oh, the nice. breast cancer now uh, singlet. So I put my name, and then I put on the back that I'm a, a three time breast cancer survivor. And when when you run with that on your back, a lot of people actually stop you and have a conversation mm. um, with you. And and if not. They'll just, you know, tap you in the back as they passing you and give you a thumbs up and so forth. So it's, 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 it's just, it becomes uh, much, much more meaningful. Um, 
and uh, actually, if if you can share this with with the with the listeners, um, after I ran that, the breast cancer now uh, made a video of 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 that of of the team and the marathon and so forth. When they released it, and when I watch it, I feel like it's my personal video. <laughs> a lot of the narrations were my voice. Very and, cool. And and then um and then I I, I talked about uh, running the six majors and it really feels like my my personal video. I still give away the the links uh, the well, link to my friends. <laughs> we'll definitely put a link in a link in the show notes for sure for that uh, for that race and also you know for all of these races that you're bringing up in the first part of our of our podcast. We're gonna take a short break. You've been listening to the Fifty State Finish Line podcast. Welcome back to the 50 States Finish Line podcast. Luz, what advice would you give to runners thinking about running and traveling? How do you structure your stay? What works? What hasn't worked for you? Okay, I think the first advice that I'll have is that um, travel with a person who would share your joy. So don't travel if if, if you're if your uh, spouse or significant other is uh, someone who is barely accommodating your running lifestyle, even though you love them and you want to travel with them, travel with someone else, or uh, travel alone. And because uh, marathon runners are such a social bunch and they want to talk about marathon running and spend time with you and share experiences. And that's actually a value added when you travel by yourself and uh, spend time with other runners. That's so That's so true. And it starts even like when you get on the plane. Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. It, it's like, because as you know, you're, you're usually going to the same place. Like if, if you go to Boston, uh, going to London, you're going to be with other people uh, going to London for, for that specific reason. So um, uh, you meet up with them. But one thing that I would uh, recommend, especially if you're traveling for a marathon for the six majors, is join the Facebook group called marathon majors challenge i don't know the exact name but the uh, administrator is this uh, journalist from akron his name is robert wang that i feel like if there's gonna be a hall of fame for marathon running he should be in there because uh the amount of information is tremendous like because there are a lot of different rules a lot of different um things that you have to remember and it's already there and it gets repeated every time that uh, there's uh, one marathon coming and he's also very accommodating he is so famous in the uh, marathon running uh, marathon running world that's great we'll add we'll add a link to that in our in our show notes so as i said at the top of the show you 
seem to me as somebody who uses the internet effectively in terms of like a social media presence and also just kind of sharing your race journey. Um, are there certain websites or certain tools that you have found really helpful for tracking or keeping track of all the running that you do? Yeah, uh, the Athlinks was actually really good. Uh, it's unfortunate that around the time uh, that the pandemic started, I don't know if it's something to do with the pandemic. They used to have the app. Uh, oh, okay. So you can look up your, your stats on the app, but then you can also go to the website. And they closed the app, so you can still go to the website. And you don't even have to make an account. So you can just search yourself. And if you use the same name and the same information, all or virtually all of the runs that you have done, especially in the U.S. and some even in, in other countries, will appear. And if you, make, um, if you make an account, then you can claim all of them such that when you open your account, you have your stats. What's your far fastest 5K? What's your fastest uh, 10K? And, and so forth and so on. And then there are also other things where you can follow certain people, whether or not they have an account, especially those people that you compare yourself to. So you can do that secretly because they, <laughs> they will not know. So I usually uh, do like, oh, I know this person. She's about my age. Let's see how I'm doing uh, relative to, to, to each other. And, and also, it's, it's great, especially at the very start when, uh, when uh, I, as I said earlier, I was excited to run five 5Ks in five months. And so uh, when, when you're running more and more, it tracks your, the number of races and the race miles that, that, that you uh, accumulate. And um, if you're some of the virtual uh, races are also included, like if, if you're on uh, the uh, virtuals of NYRR, they have a mm -hmm. lot of virtuals, they, they get included there too. Nice. So it's 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 great. It's great to, to keep are track. You, are you a Strava user as well? Yes, yes, I am a Strava user. It's very convenient because, uh, you know, a lot of times I feel like my hometown running is actually new york city just because it's easier to get into the new york city marathon than boston so it's kind of hard to say oh my hometown running is, is boston because you know, I, I don't think i i might be able to go get into uh, boston again uh but i do um i use strava it's very convenient if you're in nyrr because they have a lot of virtual races and they're virtual races they started it way before way mm -hmm. before the pandemic but they're also different uh different uh levels so you can do a virtual just for the heck of it and you get listed and all that but you can also uh pay at a certain level such that if you have ran i think like six virtuals then you have a guaranteed entry to the brooklyn half marathon oh. uh, and then there, there, there are other, there are other ones, and so it's it's nice, it's nice to it's nice to do because uh, I my office is in New York, so I can go and you know and spend a weekend and and run a half marathon, okay, or marathon. And 
since it sounds to me like you do a good number of virtual races, what's the appeal of that, right? You're still, you're able to see other people competing in that race, right? You see a yeah. roster or a participant, mm -hmm. yes. a participant list. Is there a time limit for a virtual race? So let's say you were doing a virtual 10K. Is there, is there a time limit to completing that? Can you start and end it at your own pace? Like, what's the appeal of those, those virtual, as somebody who hasn't run a virtual race, but I see a lot of invitations for those. Mm -hmm. Well, it was, of course, very appealing when during the pandemic, or I, I don't right. know, are we still in the pandemic? But when the pandemic started, it, it was very appealing uh, to me. I, I uh, participated in a lot of virtual uh, that time because I feel like a lot of uh, organized races, they've already spent their money and then there's no event. So I figured if I register for the virtual, then at least I'm sort of helping uh, with with the cost. So I I did run, um, uh, <laughs> at one point I ran one run and uh, there's an intersection in terms of the dates. It's the New York City Marathon, Amsterdam Marathon and Marine Corps Marathon. They, they intersected in one or two days. So I, I, I ran it. So one of the appeals is if, if, if you like medals, you can get multiple medals in one run. That's one, but that's, that's a little, that's a little shallow though. Uh, for New York city, it's, it's, um, the first time I ran a virtual for New York city is the first time ever that they have this virtual marathon. And if you run the virtual, you get a place in the in-person marathon the next year. Oh. So that was great. And uh, that was the first time they did it. They didn't announce it and so forth. I just happened to be, I was actually attending a conference and I was about to do a presentation, but I was kind of bored looking at my phone and I saw the announcement. So I just did, I just registered. And it, then uh, the following years, whenever they open it, it's gone in minutes. All the places are gone in, in minutes. But uh, for for the other virtuals, it was uh, great to uh, a way to get in on races that's hard to get into. So the Brooklyn Marathon is hard to get into, but if you run six virtuals uh, with NYRR, then you have a place. And then I don't know exactly how it is to get to the New York City Half Marathon, uh, but that's a good one also that... Uh, uh, a lot of international people come uh, mm -hmm. to run it because they close Times Square and you run uh, on it and it, it's it's amazing. Uh, so it's it's one running a virtual is also uh, gets you uh, some of those races that's hard to get into. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and 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 the the rules the rules are also um, very different. So you have to actually make sure that you understand the rules. So for example, New York City Marathon, you have like a week, so you can run it anytime during the week. Uh, London Marathon, you can run, and you can't stop, you can't stop mm -hmm. your, your Strava because mm -hmm. you're supposed to be running a marathon. London Marathon, you can stop any number of times you want, but you have to run it within the 24 hours London time. Okay. So it's kind of hard because, you know, what, 7 o'clock, mm -hmm. 7 p.m. here, and then, uh, you know, so you, you, have, you have to time it properly. 
Yeah. So it sounds like there are some considerations, but I don't know. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give that a give that a give that a try. That sounds. Yeah. And and I didn't realize some of the benefits might lead to opportunities of doing mm-hmm. in person races. Yep. So th- those are great consideration. Usually towards at this time in the podcast, I usually like to ask uh, guests around like their favorite equipment, running equipment. So like favorite running shoes, a favorite running gadget. Do you have something that comes to mind? Well, my favorite running shoes are uh, Hoka's, especially Clifton's. I've had Clifton's one through eight and Clifton Edge and all the different variations of Clifton's. Um, I've had them and, and a lot of times, you know, while, while you're training, uh, oh, it's getting worn out. You don't know if it's gonna last till the marathon. So I will have to buy the exact same color. So I have, I have uh, multiples, but um, I also run in um, the Nike next because you know, that's how people got fast. <laughs> it's probably for for me. It's more more superstition than anything else because I don't think it's gonna help me go any faster. But uh, so that that's uh, that's the thing. I I, I I run on Clifton's, my yeah. my absolute favorite. And do you listen to music when you run? Are you a watch wearer? Do you have a favorite vest? I don't have a favorite vest. I wa- I'm a watch wearer or a watches wearer. Oh. So, okay. I always have, uh, uh, I always wear two watches. Uh, so I, I have my Apple watch. Um, my, my current, uh, arrangement with myself is because I'm actually, a, a Galloway runner. So, Oh, Jeff Galloway. Okay. Jeff Galloway. The so run, walk. The run, walk, run. And so I do my intervals on my watch and then uh, and then I have my Garmin because, uh, and to me, Garmin is just an insurance because sometimes systems fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember there's this guy in, in Berlin that didn't put the clip on his shoe and ran the marathon. He has pictures and everything, so there's no record of him running, but he's wearing his watch. <laughs> and so he submitted that as evidence, plus the pictures. Then... Uh, it counted. So especially when I'm running a virtual, what if my other things fail, then I don't have a proof that I actually ran. And then I have my um, my phone where I run the Strava and I get I like getting notified every um, half a mile because that's when I also take my... Um, my jelly bean, my jelly beans. Yeah, it is jelly beans. Like the extreme beans. The extreme jelly beans, and I, I I take one every half a mile, and then every two miles I uh, take half of the honey stinger gold, and uh, so this is you know just to keep myself from not passing out, and um, so I so I'm 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 so I'm I'm good with that. What else What else do I do? Uh, oh. It depends uh, what I'm, li- I'm listening to, podcasts, or I have this playlist uh, that I uh, put together for the Chicago Marathon, which was 2017, but now I'm, I'm adding. It's really just a mishmash of songs that I like. Nice. So I have, I have added some. So I just added uh, recently the Megan Trainer. Uh, singing about wearing a Louis Vuitton. I, I don't know if you guys have 
heard that <laughs> so that's now on my list and um and then some some uh really really old songs and stuff they're they're not all running songs really and i don't know if like maybe if i stop listening to slow songs <laughs> i'll go faster but no it's, it's basically just things that i want to listen to a lot of carol kings a lot of uh tina turner and um then when i listen to podcasts uh there are the podcasts basically i just get try to get caught up uh on the podcast that uh i, I like listening to well it sounds to me like you're really equipped you get to that starting yes. line and you're really you're really equipped I am between your watches and your music and, and which actually, is important. Yeah, so for for my running group, my Run for God uh group, so I've done so I start every spring I start as a beginner for my for the 5K group. And uh for the last I don't know how many years, but I'm the speaker for gear. So I all the new things that I found and so forth and so on I I even have a mannequin uh, called modeling. Uh, uh, so I, I I dress up the mannequin with with all of the different gear. Uh, we call her we call her Gigi uh, because that's on a T-shirt from a fundraiser at Dana Farber because of grace and grit, which is how do you deal with um, mm -hmm. with cancer? It's grace and grit. So it's Gigi. <laughs> so she's known in, in in the running group as Gigi. But yeah, I. I'm I'm the speaker for gear and then I so there's my running group and I have actually been asked by other running groups to to do it so it's it's fun for me. Well, it's it's you know it's been really fun kind of hearing about your race story and before we close out the show, are there any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Whether it's something of inspiration you say to yourself when the going gets tough, or something you would say to somebody just starting out. Okay, so I, I did, so you sent that to me as an advanced question, so I actually was looking at it today, and then I thought of um, last Sunday, I ran the BAA half marathon. That is the hilliest course I have ever run. Through the Franklin Zoo? Yes, Franklin Park Zoo. yes, oh my God, it's up and down and up and down, and then, so on one of the uphills, I was, I, I looked down and then I remember when uh, my when I was training with my daughter, and when it's getting hard, I said, "You know, when you look down, it's flat." <laughs> and and so, so that's what I was remembering. And then I was thinking that that that's 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 a thing because uh, that's that's not just in running, that's also in life because. Uh, a lot of times I think that the marathon is really the, the best metaphor for life. And um, so I was thinking that, you know, if, if you're looking at something big that's very, very daunting, just look down and see what's right in front of you. Tackle that. And then the next one and then the next one. Because if, if you look up and you see that hill, it's hard. When you look down, it's flat. Yeah, change your perspective. Yes, change your perspective, and you'll get to the top. That's right. And I know you. Somehow, <laughs> I know you. I know you. You will get. You will get to the top, and continue, continue to race and be an inspiration to so many. Thank you. It's been so wonderful to have you in the studio today. I feel so fortunate to have this conversation, and 
again. Can I, can I tell you about my plan for my 60th birthday? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's, what's crazy to me, and I didn't even say this at the start. Did you, did you say like you started running at 50? My, you, my first marathon was when I was 51 years old. There is a YouTube video that I made. <laughs> we'll, we'll include that. So yes, tell us what's due for your, what's up for your 60th. Okay. So when, when I first started running marathons, I just said, I'm going to run one marathon, at least one marathon a year for 10 years. So like, okay, that's, that's, that's all gone. But I, I you know, I, it's, you know, I'm getting old bodies, not, you know, not as, as good as before, but, uh, you know, I have, I have to end it with the bang. And so I heard from, uh, Robert Wang <laughs> about the, um, dopey challenge. So have you guys heard about the dopey I challenge? I think one of our guests earlier this season talked about this is at Disney world. Yes. It's at Disney world. And so it's a four day event on Thursday, you run a 5k on Friday, you run a 10k on Saturday, you run a half marathon. And on Sunday, you run a marathon. If you do all of that, then that's the dopey challenge. It just so happened that my 60th birthday is that marathon Sunday. So I think it's a good time to end my marathon running on my 60th birthday with a dopey challenge. Well, don't say end. I would say celebrate. <laughs> I would say celebrate. That's so, so that's coming up. That's coming up. It's, it'll be in, uh, in uh, 2024. So yeah, not not very far away. Not very far and, away. And uh, I'm also uh, running the Honolulu Marathon every year for the next four years, because my daughter decided that's where she's gonna go to college. So that's where she is. I'm going there next month um, to run the marathon and do it for the next four years. And next year, my friends from high school are joining me, because I assured them that you know you can just walk. <laughs> So we're, we're doing that. So, you know, make it fun. Uh, marathon has to be fun. It doesn't have to be fast. Well, with that, I am so grateful to have you with us today. Thank you to our listeners for listening to the 50 States Finish Line podcast. Until next time, I hope you feel energized about planning your next race. Thank you, Liz. Thank you.